Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? It's just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian... How are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome to what we are calling the first installment of what is going to be a varied and uh, kind of different YachtCon this year. Uh, but I am Jeremiah O'Shan, and joining me is a very special guest, Sounders majority owner, Adrian Hanauer. Welcome to YachtCon, Adrian. Thanks so much, Jeremiah. It's great to be here. Yeah, so uh, I'll give a little rundown of, of the plan for YachtCon this year. We are doing, this is an audio-only uh, aspect of it. We are going to be doing an interview with uh, Garth Logaway before the season as well. Uh, but what we are really doing is holding off on doing a lot of the big stuff this summer, we're hoping to be able to get back together in real life and have like a proper event where we get to shake hands and laugh and have a good time. Uh, but in the meantime, I thought it was a great opportunity to get Adrian on because you've got some, you, you've been able to make some announcements that we've been kind of, work, we've been thinking about for a long time behind the scenes and now they're out in the open uh, I have to imagine there was a sense of relief, maybe, uh, to actually be able to unveil these plans, which uh, the the big thing was the, the training center at Long Acres. And of course, uh, this brand refresh, or I don't know, the visual identity uh, exploration, uh, the March to the 50th thing is, is the official name. Uh, but how does it feel to have this stuff out in the open now, Adrian? It's great, Jeremiah. Now I don't have to hide from your uh, interviews anymore. Right, exactly. Uh, I, I, <laughs> COVID is isn't an excuse anymore, and uh, and uh, we've got got some things to talk about. So, no, I mean, look, it's uh, I don't know about relief. It's just, I'm just super excited. Um, uh, I'm excited about the next five years generally. Uh, but certainly this announcement of our training facility at, at Long Acres, uh, the mixed use project, uh, the uh, March to the 50th and, and what the 50th uh, anniversary of the Sounders could look like. Um, just just all the different activities uh, that we could, you know, that we can um, imagine and, and use to celebrate uh, 50 years of Sounders history. Um, you know, we've got a World Cup uh, coming to North America and fingers crossed Seattle will be a, a big piece to the puzzle. Uh, and, you know, I'm just I have, I have a lot of belief in the next five years of improvement and, and competitiveness uh, with our, our league and, you know, League's Cup coming in a, in a, in a big way in, in 2023. So anyway, a lot, a lot to look forward to, uh, but for sure anchored in a home for the Sounders uh, that we were able to announce last Wednesday. Well, let's, let's sit on that for a little while. Uh, you know, you and I have had many conversations over the years about how you know, the one piece that felt like it was missing from the Sounders was someplace that you felt like you could call home. And that was some of what was behind uh, the ideas that got thrown around about, I think that's one of the things that fans also think about in terms of uh, not having, like Lumen Field is a great facility. It's probably the best location. I think it's one of the best locations in, in all of North American sports. Uh, it's, it's a really wonderful facility in a lot of ways, but it's very obviously not the Sounders uh, home uh, in that it's like there's signage and all kinds of other things that that say as much um, and and at Starfire even though there's a big sign that says home with the Sounders it's it's still a shared facility as well uh, does this feel like to you when you imagine Long Acres does it feel like it is that proper home that makes it feel like some some real sense of permanence for the Sounders yeah for sure Jeremiah I mean and and you, you're right um, we, we have really not had 
uh, a home in, in the way of, of um, something that we built to suit, you know, something that was designed by us, for us, for our fans, uh, for generations. Um, now, you know, all, everything is trade-offs, right? To your point, Lumen Field is, is amazing for a whole bunch of reasons. And, and we have a, a, a long lease there and, and we love being there. As you know, I'm a never say never guy. So you, you never know what's going to happen 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. Hopefully it'll be some other owner who's got way more money and wants to spend a (laughs) bajillion dollars on a, on a stadium. But, um, for now, uh, we are, we're just absolutely, um, jazzed psyched to, uh, lay down roots, plant a flag at, uh, the former long acres site. Uh, you know, the one thing that, that I think came up at the press conference, but, um, I'm, I'm also really excited about is that the Sounders, although we may not own a hundred percent of the training facility, we own a piece of the entire mixed use project, uh, this 160 acre blank canvas. Uh, and that, you know, gives us influence, um, gives us a seat at the table to figure out what this community will look like. Uh, and, you know, we think we've found a, a fantastic partner in Unico, um, uh, you know, partner, landlord, uh, but we think that we will end up with a world-class facility and a lot of flexibility to do other things on the campus that maybe we haven't even imagined yet, um, but will also be part of this 50-year exploration with our fans. Uh, so yeah, just super excited. Yeah. Someone who likes to get into urbanist subjects, I found the entire development really exciting. Like I think the idea that they're going to be potentially 3000, uh, multifamily, uh, dwellings there, that it's going to be apartments, that there's going to be mixed use, that it's going to, it has transit access, that it has, you know, freeway access, that it's going to have elements that, encourage walking and biking and doing all these kinds of things that it's near trails. Uh, I mean, I think it's a really exciting development, uh, even taking the Sounders piece out of it, but that the Sounders are part of it makes it even more exciting. Uh, What kind of, like, I don't know, when you let your imagination run, what, what role do you think that a Sounders facility has in a larger development like this? Well, I think, I think, not to put words in Unico's mouth, but I think they they loved the idea of the Sounders as a, you know, beloved, cherished community asset at the heart of this community um, that we would help, you know, help design and, and design the community, but also um, be a magnet for office tenants, uh, retail people who wanted to live there, and so um, you know, I think I think again, not to speak super, you know, it's hard for me to, to to brag about the Sounders, but I think that they really saw that that provided um, uh, an anchor, you know, an, an an anchor tenant to this amazing facility, and then you know they've been great about providing. Um, I wouldn't say carte blanche, but, you know, they're open to any idea about how things might uh, connect to the Sounders on the campus. Um, You know, it it may not come as a surprise that the Sounders Center at Long Acres may not be the final name uh, of of this facility. Um, because you know we are in business and we have to generate revenue and and uh you know these facilities generally end up having a a naming partner attached to it and and uh um you know again i know you didn't ask this but but just the opportunities to build uh, a really amazing youth soccer program you know camp program on this uh campus um uh, the uh, the ability to partner, you know, there will be undoubtedly uh, restaurants, pubs, things like that, to be able to partner with those tenants. Um, 
you know, we're talking to a bunch of different sort of active user tenants. I can't kind of go into more detail, but just, oh, sorry. That's okay. That's a, that's a good uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, I think that, that we believe, and, and sorry, one other that, you know, maybe we'll have fans that want to live in those apartments and be able to come check out training and then walk to the train and, and go to, go to games. Uh, maybe they work on campus. Uh, so, you know, just tons of opportunity and, and almost, I mean, it is such a blank canvas that sometimes, you know, we have to try to stay focused and make sure that, <laughs> that we don't pass the window by and the Sounders facility doesn't get built on time. So, um, you know, we have to keep our eye on the prize. Well, well, I have, while we're here on this point, I have two suggestions I want to pass along. They're free. You can, you can do whatever you want. But the first one is we got to make sure to save the Spencer's sport house sign that I drive past all too often on 99. Uh, and, and maybe that's the name of the pro shop. I don't know. I don't want to put too many words in people's mouth, but we got to save that sign one way or the other. Uh, and you're mentioning it. I guarantee Brian will be in my ear soon. Okay, good. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and, And then the other one is I'm guessing that this, establishment had a had a place in your heart as a as a longtime seattleite but the i'm not saying you need to bring back literally cafe press but something like a cafe press that is a of course a recently closed or recently closing uh capitol hill institution where you can find a good cup of coffee get a drink and watch soccer and eat food that is much too good for the setting that you're in that's that's better than it has any right to be uh but something like that intersects those things just feels like it's a little bit too perfect yeah it's funny you bring you bring cafe press up i uh it's so sad i when i when i read about it i called jim droman the owner immediately begged him to reconsider but, um <laughs> We could offer them space. You could have offered them free space at at longer. Um, No, but you're, you're look, we, we absolutely want, um, you know, great spaces. Uh, I am, I'm a, I'm a food guy. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we end up not having to go far from home uh, on that campus to get, to get good and interesting, uh, unique, unique food and watch games to your point. And by the way, there's a great opportunity. I think we talked about it at the, at the press conference to do uh, viewing parties, uh, whether right. whether you do an away game viewing party there or you have, you know, you meet up, park there, meet up, take the train to the to, to the game. You know, we could we could create some really cool experiences that way as well. No, it seems like very easy to let your imagination run and in some ways, it almost feels like the possibilities are limit, limitless in ways that really haven't been uh, like in, in realities that just haven't existed as possible for uh, building things around uh, soccer fandom in general, but Sounders fandom in particular. Uh, it, it was I came away from that event really, really excited. Like I say that genuinely, uh, I know it's sometimes easy to get caught up in, in the hype around something like this, but it feels like some real possibilities and, and it all feels very plausible. And that's what I found most exciting. And one of the things I, I suspect people are hearing with maybe two minds. And, uh, one of the best things about Starfire is maybe also one of the challenges of Starfire, which is that it's so publicly accessible and, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like in some ways it might not be quite as accessible, but it'll be far more useful uh, for the average fan. That when fan, like while I can, anyone can go down to Starfire and watch training, that's really the extent of what you can do there uh, for the most part, uh, because everything is not open. It's not all accessible. There's limited activities as it is. But this place, it seems like it might not be open all the time, but when you go, there's really a destination there. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I would say it's still a work in progress. We, as I mentioned, we want to be a very accessible club, but we want, you, you know, sometimes it, at Starfire, it can be a little bit of chaos. Um, and um, I'm just 
more of a fan of, you know, controlled chaos. Uh, and, you know, as, as the players become higher and higher profile and, you know, the, the, the games and competitions are more meaningful and we, we just need to be able to control the environment a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, but, but absolutely we will, uh, create experiences and opportunities for our fans to uh, connect and and um, mix with our players. And to put it another way, as the cars in the parking lot get nicer, you have to be a little bit more aware of how they're uh, taken care of. Is that a, a maybe a broad way of like? I, I it was just an, I don't know if it was you or it was Garth who said who mentioned something about how when players like that you've you've had you've been running late at times to catch flights. But also, I, I imagine it's got to be a little stressful for, you know, a Raul Ruiz Diaz has some nice cars to leave them out at Starfire for a week or whatever it might be. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, secure, let's just call it security. Security right. is really important to to the the, the, the individuals and their belongings. Uh, sure. And, you know, nothing is is for sure. And, you know, I'm sure we'll have our issues at, at the new facility, but, uh, but, but certainly we should have sort of designing from, from scratch, we should have some opportunities to, to control um, the environment a, a bit better. Fewer players uh, like Deandre Yedlin driving their old Subarus uh, and leaving and, and the mixing in uh, effortlessly in the, in the parking Somehow lot. Somehow I don't think Deandre is driving that old Subaru He's, anymore. No, I don't think he is. I, I imagine that you're right. He's probably left that one behind uh, a few years ago. Uh, but along those lines, um, what is it about, how does this space sort of change the direction of the, like, I, I don't, think at least my perception is that starfire has never actually cost you guys a player like i don't know i've never heard of a player saying i'd come if you had a nicer training facility but does this change the the paradigm for future signings that like does this potentially change the kind of player that you can attract is that important uh and and does it also like how important was this element to uh potentially attracting the world cup in 2026 yeah, so I think you're right that we we have not missed out on a player. Um, uh, although, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't have. So there maybe there is someone out there who, you know, thought because we didn't have a new world-class, like, you know, purpose-built facility that they weren't going to engage us. So um, you never know. But uh, look, I think that I, I, for me, I focus on our, on our current players, like just, you know, this will not, I'm not sure again, that this will ever convince a player a hundred percent to come because player, you know, they want to live in a city that they want to live in, want their families to be happy. I, I think way down the list is, what the the training facility looks like but but you know also players do want to get better uh, um emotionally physically tactically technically um they want to be happy and and you know just being in having a great space to for your work day it's important um you know our players spend four or five six hours at the facility. Um, and you know, we, we want it to be a good facility for them, a good space. Uh, so, um, and I think Garth mentioned some of it, whether it's sports science or just, you know, gym, new, new gym with all the, all, all the needs fulfilled, um, good flow of spaces, convenient, you know, being able to, to, to roll off the taping table, go do an activation and walk right onto the pitch, uh, come off the pitch and get their, get their dreaded interviews with you and uh, you and the Motley crew. Uh, yeah. Uh, done with. <laughs> um, uh, being able to get to a, a nutritious meal, meal quickly and easily to your point, convenient parking. Uh, so it, 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 it all matters. Um, uh, and just, 
you know, it's just a, a an, an expectation, I think, in today's today's game uh, in our league that, that you have a, a quality facility like that. And of course, high on your list, I'm sure, was enhanced uh, media facilities uh, so that, you know, I, I remember you promising way back in 2014, maybe, like, we might put in some media facilities here at Starfire. And it was like, oh, really? God, yeah. sorry. Sorry I didn't come through with that. I, I, I think, think I, if I just heard you right. You said, I might. We might. Right. Not that we would. No, I yeah, I don't think you ever promised anything. It was more of a what wouldn't it be great if we had better training facilities? And it's like, yeah, it would be great if we had better. I would love to be able to actually get on the Wi-Fi here. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So we will uh yes. You are you are I'm not sure you're priority number one. No. But you aren't the last on the list, Jeremiah. Well, I was impressed. I, I will say uh, Tom Riley did a good job of speaking to his audience when he was giving us a tour and making sure that we knew that that was something that was on their on your guys' minds. So, did he promise anything that I need he, to be aware of? I don't. I don't think he promised anything. It was all vague, and and uh, I think it was just more of a implicit it was implicit promise that uh, there that you'll be taken care of. But nothing. There was no actual uh, promises made. So okay. I, these right. are the these these are the things my listeners, I'm sure, are really are really worried about. Uh, but the the other part of that question was what in, like how important was this element to the World Cup bid? Um, look, every every added um, uh, infrastructure uh, facility. Um, opportunity that the world that that fifa can take advantage of is a positive uh they again i think i mentioned they they toured the you know the raw land and facility uh six four three months ago four months ago five months ago um uh and saw the the early renderings so you know but but we didn't, you know, we're not doing this for FIFA and the World Cup. This was for the Sounders and our fans and our players. And and so uh, it just happens that the timing should be good. We will be up and running and and uh, and FIFA, you know, can definitely use this as a site uh, in addition to Starfire. Do you imagine that, like, so I don't want to spend too much time on the, 26 bid because it's still un, still formally undecided. Uh, I, I get the sense that you feel confident about it, that the Sounders feel confident, that the bid committee feels confident that Seattle will be picked, but also very cognizant of the fact that nothing's been decided yet. Uh, but do you imagine that there will be legacy aspects to Lumen Field that fans will appreciate beyond just the whether or not the World Cup is played here? Well, I think that, uh, that you know, there's going to be continued. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't specifically tell you what legacy projects will um, will uh, uh, exist after the World Cup. Again, FIFA FIFA is most concerned with sight lines and the pitch, and you know, so they provide some pretty technical detail on on what they want and expect. Um, you know, we we obviously working with the stadium, the Seahawks and the stadium, because it is their their stadium, uh, you know, intend to fulfill their requirements. Uh, you know, I'd be I'd be getting out a little bit ahead of things. We have to win the bid first uh, and then we will begin to figure out timing and and how that all relates to the Sounders and and um whether the Sounders play on some grass or whether we don't, um, uh, and and uh, and any modifications to the stadium that might that might benefit uh, our our fans in the long haul. Uh, but there are, you know, I, I actually again I, I saw an interview uh, recently with Chuck Arnold, president of the Seahawks. Uh, there is a plan to install new larger video boards. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't the the beginning of uh some other investment that will uh um uh upgrade lumen field uh and i guess along those lines 
this was sort of alluded to at the at the sort of bid event that you guys put on uh, a few months ago or the bid i guess the the site visit that fifo uh was was engaged in but just to clarify it it sounds like grass is not an issue for the bid that you guys have a system worked out whether or not you can give a lot of details, but there will be some sort of like semi-permanent grass put in. It won't just be the tray system or like sod that will be rolled onto the field. Is that accurate? No, that's accurate. I mean, FIFA has very specific um, details on, on, on the kind of field that they expect. Uh, and there is a, there's a plan to get there. So, uh, Changing gear into the other aspect of the of the announcement that that you guys made uh, the other day, and the one that in some ways I was, you know, as a as a as a nerd in this way, I was super excited about. I I did an interview with Taylor Graham uh, that ran previously about this process, but I'm 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 super enthusiastic about this like visual brand reimagination exploration uh march to the 50th uh the, the the visual aspect of march to the 50th and what ultimately was behind the decision to explore the brand identity the visual brand of the of the sounders well look i'm i will try to fill in a little bit but taylor is way better at, at uh articulating this than i am but uh, you know, I think that really it was it was two things. One, um, we're going to be celebrating 50 years, and we wanted to 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 do something that you know is the beginning of the next 50. Because I can't tell you that if we make a change that that'll last 50 years, but um, but hopefully it'll last a while. Um, and the second is this sort of acknowledgement that when the Sounders, the MLS era Sounders were launched, it, we really didn't think about, I mean, obviously the name was chosen, Sounders, but the, 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 the history, the history of some of the, the visual representations uh, was not taken into account. Um, so it's, it's an opportunity to um take this next year or so or you know six months and and do the work interface with our fans uh and you know if our fans say hey we should leave it exactly the same it's perfect well if that's what our fans are going to decide then then so be it um i'm not convinced that's the case um uh, believe it or not, I, you know, I occasionally, uh, snoop around on, on sounder at heart. I, you know, I think that there's a decent number of people who also believe that it can be different, evolve, maybe better. Um, I've actually seen some things that, you know, again, not that this is my, this will absolutely not be an Adrian Hanauer decision, but I, you know, I, and I'm look, I'm a traditional guy and I don't like change generally, but I don't, I don't love our shield. I just don't. Um, and beyond me not loving it, it's got some technical challenges and it doesn't provide a lot of flexibility in the way we use it. So, you know, I hope that in this process, our fans, you know, help us find something that, that, that works better, but I really, if our fans love it, it, it stays. So, well, I, I will be open on my, uh, where, where I stand. I'm looking forward to a change. Uh, I, I think that the brand has served like the, the, the visual element of the brand has been, has served the, the club well, but I also think that like you, there are some aspects of the crest, especially that, uh, don't scream uh, modern right now. And I think could probably use like the double shield thing drives me crazy. The wood mark on top of the shields drives me crazy. Uh, but we don't need to get into all the, like some of the angles no, and, and drive look, me crazy. Look, some of this also, maybe Taylor went into it. Maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but like when you put that logo under a microscope also, or, yes. and literally look at like certain letters are taller than other letters <laughs> Like the width of of you know uh, uh, letters is different in certain 
area. Like it's it's technically it's not you know like completely lights out perfect. Right. So um, yeah, it's just one more thing. And yes. and look, I'll I'll be the first like as I'm a limited partner in the Kraken. I think that is, that was an amazing um, uh, brand process. Uh, I love the fact that you can break the visual represent uh, uh, representations up into multiple uses and mix and match. And some of it's great on, you know, on the the chest of a, a like a like a shield on a on a polo shirt, and some of it is great on the across the you know, the back of a shirt, you know, just different ways to represent the, 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 the brand and the marks. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all, all that. Um, I, I am curious though, you know, one of the things that, that you alluded to that you said here and, and that we focused on a lot in the discussion with Taylor was how the process behind that crest was effectively divorced from the history of the club what what do you remember about that process of of coming to the visual identity of the current sounders well if i'm honest i i kind of remember i was i was up to my eyeballs in trying to figure out how to put a soccer team on the yeah. on the field fans may not um, remember that kind you, of you were the gm of the usl team and the part and the majority owner, and then you were part owner and GM of the Sounders up until Garth's hiring. But exactly. go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, and you know, super underqualified for that role, by the way, <laughs> um, uh, for basically every role I've ever had. But um, and you know, I, I think that really I was focused on on soccer. I'm not sure I, I I was involved, but I I wasn't leading the charge. Um, you know, there was a marketing group, marketing department. Um, you know, it, it was at a time also when, you know, there wasn't a big push to connect NASL teams to MLS teams. Um, you, you know, they're just, it, we weren't embracing those histories. And I think that that has, changed you know with with the timbers and white caps following and and obviously the earthquakes um uh uh relaunch uh so uh and and obviously some some teams in some markets have chosen to 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 make that connection and some have have gone their own way uh and i think it's i think in all cases not in all cases in uh every case is is unique and um uh, but I'm definitely, I'm super happy, thankful that we were not stupid enough to change the name, uh, involve the, you know, the brand. So you obviously were a fan of the, you've, you've told the story many times about how you were a fan of the NASL team. You obviously were intimately involved in the USL team. Uh, and yet when the Sounders came into MLS, especially early on, there wasn't a distinct connection being that the team was trying to draw back to that time. But I feel like it, it, it started, that started to change uh, at some point. Do you have much memory of, of how that change started to happen and, and what your feelings about like that change were? I don't, I really don't have a strong recollection Jeremiah of, you know, like there was no moment. Um, but I, I would say that um, again, when we when we came into the league, the there was really no it, the league didn't like recommend against any connection to the NASL days. They also didn't suggest a connection. It was at a time when there really wasn't yeah that connection being made. Um, you had a group of owners, you know, Joe Roth as the majority owner had some recollection of the Sounders NASL days and you, but he but obviously didn't grow up here. Um, uh, and I think just, it was just over time, uh, probably talking to our fans and, you know, um, uh, seeing, you know, becoming more like everybody becoming more steeped in the, in the history and, 
And, uh, and so I think it was probably just a, an, an evolution uh, over time. And, and, you know, look, then you get a guy like Taylor Graham, who uh, is now a very senior executive in our organization and, and has all that history. Alex Caulfield is, uh, you know, tremendous at being a, um, uh, a culture carrier, um, Maya Mendoza Ekstrom, you know, like we've, we've added some people who have some pretty deep history and knowledge, um, probably more so than me. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and so I think it's just kind of gotten into everyone's, uh, DNA at this point. And so what's your personal hope to get out of this process of the, the branding exercise? I think just to uh, understand how our fans feel. Well, look, I, I want to get a spectacular set of primary, secondary, tertiary marks. Um, you know, again, if that is the existing shield or some iteration of it, uh, that. that's fine um i would like to be able to extrapolate those marks into um a broader array of merchandise and um ways of representing the logo on signs and and in you know in stadium and in broadcast and digital media um have our fans be able to engage in different ways other than just this one very specific shield. Um, having our fans be able to, 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 to maybe get a little uh, um, uh, more educated on, on the history of the club, you know, for those who aren't uh, already. Um, and also, you know, we need to, to have, um, oh, sorry, you know, uh, calls to action, things like, like I'm a huge fan of give us your full 90 um, and, and that call to action to our fans. Um, and, you know, I think that a great club brand needs things like that. So can we get um, a, call, a call to action out of this process? Can we get great ideas for celebrating 50 years? Uh, can we get great ideas for building for the future? Because, uh, you know, certainly this exercise is about looking to the past, but it's very, you know, equally so about how we build uh, build our fan base, deeper roots um, heading into the future. Uh, and I don't imagine the best that you... answer I can give. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't imagine you have the exact answer uh, to this question, but what's your sense of the feedback been so far? Has it been, I assume it's a lot, uh, first of all. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that I can give you good information yet. Uh, Taylor may, but you know, it is like, it's sort of real time. Um, So I look, I, I don't, to your point, I don't think anybody has thrown up on the idea of, of this. Like some people say, ah, no, don't change it. It, it. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Um, I, but, but no one has had like a violent reaction, which, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, and, and we will go through a, a, a good process. And again, wherever, I love it because this isn't me choosing a new mark or logo or name or something, you know? So um, I feel pretty good that, that our fans will keep us from doing something stupid. Well, by the way, that said, whatever we do, not everyone will like the conclusion. I can guarantee you that Um, whether we keep the existing shield or we went completely uh, a, a different direction well while we're talking about the the legacy of the sounders uh something i've always been curious about what ultimately like what got you to invest in the sounders uh initially when you first got involved in the, in the club god you know jeremiah i i would love to say that it was this lifelong dream and I you know like it was all planned and calculated um but 
I would say complete chance. Uh, I was on an airplane uh, in 2001. The guy next to me opened up uh, his laptop. I saw the Sounders logo. I'd kind of lost track of what, what was going on with the Sounders at that time. Started talking to him. It turns out he was the general manager at the time of the Sounders, oh. a guy named Brad Kimura. Um, they were looking for investors at the time. Um, I, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm looking at you. I did air quotes for investors, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, they were looking more for people to donate money. Um, sure. Philanthropy. Uh, our family was in a, I, I learned enough to believe that it was a really nice community asset playing at Memorial Stadium. We were able to put some money in. I started going to the office, trying to understand the business a little bit. Um, and eventually, Brad Kimura, the general manager, decided to leave. And the majority owners at the time kind of looked at me and said, look, man, you're like, you broke it, you fix it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I, you know, the timing worked out that I was able to spend a bunch of time in the office and working on the business and working on the team. And, and I don't know, Jeremiah, like I, for whatever reason, I was pretty good at it again. Like I've told you, I'm not very good at very many things, but, um, but running that USL team, you know, we were able to win a bunch of championships and win games and add some more fans and sponsorships and lose less money and and uh and then started trying to figure out a way to to bring MLS to Seattle. So that that's really the way it happened and and um you know if if I hadn't sat in that seat uh on an airplane there's no chance that I would have this history with the Sounders. Well, now I need to, where were you going or where were you coming back from on this fateful trip? Yeah, I think I was coming back from LA for something. I, I, I honestly can't even remember where, where I was coming back from. I think it was LA. So one of your other, and I, I, I should say this here, uh, it feels like a good spot to say this. I don't know how many of our listeners realize this, but the Sounders have enjoyed a, unbelievable almost amount of success since you got involved like you downplayed a lot but the organizations only missed the playoffs twice in 20 odd years that you have been involved with the club uh of course you can go all the way back to the nasl days i think i counted it up recently the sounders organization has only missed the playoffs something like five times in 35 years uh but one of those fateful decisions one of those the first seeming or the, the most public of those decisions that you made was hiring Brian Schmetzer. Uh, what was like, and it doesn't sound like you guys had any sort of pre-existing relationship before that, right? No, no. Have we missed the playoffs twice? Yeah, oh. you missed it in I think in two thousand six and two thousand. Maybe only once. Maybe it's only once. I think it was once. I think you're right. I think it might only be once. We missed. I think we missed in 2001, but I I that, okay, got involved so, at the end of that. Of okay, that so season. I may have been crediting you with 2001 as yeah, missing. All right. So all I apologize right. for that. Okay. I, I I have such a bad memory that it, you could have said three times and been right, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure the the record shows. One. You've only missed it once. <laughs> and it um, was a, and I, I will just add this branch. I add, it is once because I asked Brian Schmester one time talk, talked about this last year. And it was the reason he could recall the points that you dropped against the Montreal impact in a, in a, in a game uh, on a, they came off a late throw in or something like a goal that ended up being a two, two tie instead of a, a two, one win that ultimately cost you the playoffs. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, well, look, I, look, I, I, I you know, this is a good opportunity to to mention all the people, you know, well, I'm not gonna mention all, but you know, a lot of people that came before and and built the foundation. Um, you know, for sure I'll forget tons, but whether it was the coaches and players, Alan Hinton and and Jimmy Gabriel and John Best and um uh uh and Bernie James uh and 
the you know Walt Daggett's and and uh, various owners, general managers, coaches, players. Um, but you know, again, I inherited this amazing legacy in history. Uh, and then to your point, made a few good decisions on, um, on hiring people, none better than, than Brian Schmetzer, uh, who, you know, we've been working together now, whatever it is, 21 years. Um, is this our, is it missed? Have we done 21 years together? Or this is the, this is the 21st year, I think, right? Since 2020, 2002 was the year you hired him, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, uh, and you know, look, it's, it, and, and, and it's credit to the fans as well. I mean, the fans, obviously amazing, um, history, knowledge, passion, um, commitment, uh, that, that drives the players, uh, and they're, you know, they're wanting to succeed. There's, there's real pressure and high expectations. We set the bar high. Uh, obviously once you get that success and momentum, it's, it's, you know, it's sort of self-fulfilling as well. And, 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 you know, creates a virtuous cycle of players want to play for winners and coaches want to coach for winners and people want to work in the organization of a, of a winner and successful organization. And, and I've just, you know, I've been lucky to, to, to have great, you know, co-owners and, uh, and the people that I've worked with, um, you know, whether it's, again, I, I mentioned Maya Mendoza Ekstrom, Taylor Graham, Tom Riley, Brian Garth. I mean, just, you know, Craig Weibel now, um, I could, I could go on, but, um, yeah. So, and I, you know, I get to be the, the, the traffic cop and just kind of make sure that hopefully people, people end up in the right positions doing the right things. How, so I am curious though, how, how did you get connected to Brian? Like what was the, what was the thing that, that ended up you with you two meeting at this, I think it was like a Tully's on Capitol Hill or something. Yeah, right? no, it was Neil Farnsworth, uh, who was the, who was the, the majority owner of the Sounders um, uh, before, before I became majority owner, I think in, I don't know, 2006, five, six, seven, no. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, and he just said, Hey, you, you should, if you're starting from scratch, you know, thinking outside the box, it was almost purely on sort of culture, culture, character. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, talk to Brian again, I know he loves telling the story. He blew me off a few times, uh, <laughs> when I called and left messages because he thought, I wanted to hire him to run our camp program um, <laughs> as opposed to being the head coach. So, um, and you know, it was, it was an out of the box hire. He had, you know, he was coaching kids at the time and he was um, like running a construction it, company, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And doing construction on the side, but uh, it definitely has worked out What For do you both think? of us, all of us. Yeah. All of us fans. What do you think makes him such an effective coach? If you if you were to dial it down into like a a trait or a skill, I mean if if it, if it's one thing, it's it's how he deals with people. Just you know, he he just he he cares, he listens, uh, he you know he asks good questions. Uh, he's willing to make tough decisions and have tough conversations. It's it's the way he deals deals with people. Uh, they want to play, work hard, play hard, or work hard for him. And and you know, sorry, play hard. Yes, play hard, work hard, whatever. Um, uh, uh, so that you know, that is it, it, again. If you had to to, if you only gave me one yeah characteristic, that would be it. Um, I'm I'm curious. What do you think makes you? Uh, good at this oh god i know you dying uh, to dying to talk about yourself there um look i i i can i can i can answer that in a in a few ways i mean i i i i am super freaking competitive um i 
hate to lose as much as anybody. Um, embarrassingly so at times, you know, throwing tantrums. Not that um, I remember you being particularly upset in 2013 in the Timbers uh, press box. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, so I'm, I'm super competitive. I'm also, I'm, I'm pretty analytical and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good at data and math. Um, uh, I think, I think that's helped and, you know, served, served me well. Um, I think I'm, I think I, I, I recognize a, a good culture, um, and good people. Um, you know, maybe I'm, um, uh, you know, my, my fault would probably, uh, I'm not enough of a hard ass, um, you know, that, that, um, sometimes there are some, I'm willing to, to, to go the extra mile and maybe give someone the benefit of the doubt, maybe a little more than they've earned at times. And, and, uh, and so, uh, um so again that you know if we're talking about uh good qualities i I, i'll throw some bad ones at you as well um um you know i'm um i think i'm i'm the the right level of risk taker uh i'm not you know a massive risk taker but i'm also um not uh you know i'm willing to 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 take a risk and that's you know, served us well, maybe in some player decisions. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, if someone hasn't had success somewhere else, I don't, I'm willing to say, well, that might just, that might not have been the right environment for that person. And, and, uh, and people, people can change. Um, uh, so anyway, okay. Anyway, change the subject. And I don't want to talk about me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, I want to sit on this or one more question. Was there ever a point that you actually thought this is, this is too much, like whether it be during those USL days or, or, and some of the harder times of MLS that you thought like, okay, it might be time to, to get out of this. Like once a week. Yeah. For the last <laughs> 21 years. I mean, look, this is not a business for the faint of heart. There's all, and look, every, every business is, um, uh, but you know, I'll tell you, Jeremiah, the one thing that, that, that frustrated me more than anything in the beginning, uh, especially in the MLS era is one, you know, you can do a really, really good job of preparing, like doing everything right organizationally, but the ball, you know, hits the outside of the post instead of the inside of the post and you lose and you miss the playoffs and you like, and you're the dumbest you know, organization on the planet. Um, and if the ball hits the inside of the post and goes in, well, then you're heroes and, you know, you've made all the right decisions. Um, so just, you know, that, that luck chance that is involved in our, in our sport and sport in general. And the second thing is I'm, you know, look, I am, I'm not very social. I don't really like that much a tension and you know this is a very it's a pretty pretty public enterprise we're in and when things don't go well you know it's on the front of the sports section um and i don't i don't really like that um uh so you know and 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 being in especially in today's day and age with social media message boards you know any idiot in their underwear in their parents' basement can, you know, <laughs> seem like an expert in general management of a soccer team and, you know, make you look, make people believe that you're an idiot. So anyway, um, I've gotten thicker skin. Um, so uh, I'm able to deal with it, but, but um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, um, but it's super fulfilling. Um, I'll tell you the most fulfilling things that happen to me or when people wander up to me that I don't know and tell me about some player interaction or, you know, 
a, a rave foundation field that's gotten built that's made the community better or you know some experience somebody had at a, at a game or you know like uh, a family enjoying MLS Cup 2019 you know and having this experience that's etched in their minds for their life for their entire lives uh, a camp program where they get to meet a at one of our players because um, those are the things that I got to experience as you know starting as an eight-year-old going to NASL games and and so, you know, those are, you know, the wins and losses, obviously, you know, we all, we, we live and die by them, but the reality is that it's all the other stuff that is the important part of what we're doing. Well, while you mentioned the Ray Foundation, I just want to say, I recently took my kids to the, I think it was the first mini pitch that you guys built up in Yesler Terrace. And that park is spectacular. And Amazing. I know it's, it was built with partnership with the Seattle housing authority. And I just, it's easy to imagine a future that looks a lot like that and to be excited. Uh, and I, I hope that um, you've gotten some pleasure out of the rave out of those types of mini pitches, because the mini pitch does seem like, I mean, it was a genuine, like there was just a pickup soccer being played there, which is not something that you see at every park. And yeah. it was, it was pretty exciting to see uh, a wide variety of, of kids and adult uh, kids and adults playing together uh, in this particular, when I was there and it's a, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, So I hope you, you, you get to experience those side of those, those good things too, because it does seem like you've been able to bring some joy uh, to people. Um, One, one thing I wanted to, to, Close, maybe close on here and i appreciate all the time you've been giving we can't us close on providing joy to people we have to i know close on something something less controversial right exactly uh but you know uh, you 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 dabbled in getting a fan owner a phone fan ownership aspect into uh american soccer um what do you think is the and i don't know what the current i i this seems like the current state of the Sounders Community Trust is is in limbo at best. But um, what do you think the future holds for fan ownership in in American soccer and MLS in particular? Is there a future for it? Wow. Okay. Couldn't end on a softball. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, look, Jeremiah. Let, let me. I just ramble because I haven't. If I'm honest, I haven't thought about it recently. I haven't talked to anyone who would be able to speak about it authoritatively. Um, There are, look, there are legal challenges. There are, you know, uh, investor accreditation issues. Their leagues have an opinion. Obviously, the individual teams have an opinion. FIFA probably would have an opinion. You know, like, there are a lot of... um, uh, uh, organizations um, that would need to sort of be in the be involved to to you know, and and look that that said obviously um, there are fan trusts in all over the world that that you know participate so um, look let me let me do a little more digging and I'll get you a good answer at some point in the near future. Well, I'm sorry for uh, blindsiding you with that one. No. Uh, <laughs> you can blindside me with anything. I just, you know, I may or may not answer it very well. No, no, no. I, I think uh, that was, uh, I, I think that it, it's an interesting subject that I don't know that I expected you to have a ready-made answer for, but uh, maybe it's a conversation uh, to get into in, in the future. But um, I, I do want to ask, uh, and, the, and we will close on this, is... The pandemic was and is to a certain degree uh, been a been a challenge for sports organizations uh, like the Sounders. It's not like certainly you guys haven't suffered the worst of it all. But what do you think you learned about it does seem like the organization came out of it with some positive changes. I mean, you you guys really leaned into your social justice aspects. You uh, I think you, you made an effort to really get out into the community what do you think the lasting efforts of that experience are going to end up being uh, for the Sounders going into their next uh, 50 years? Well, you know, to your point, I, you know, the story, I'm not sure the story has 
been completely written uh, to this point. Um, I think that we will find that, you know, fans, like once, once it is as over as it can be over, um, that, you know, their fans will appreciate, you know, the, the, the little things, um, uh, just being able to go to a, go to a game, go to a movie theater, go to a restaurant, like just, and, and to connect with other people, uh, and their families. And so I, I, I do think that there will be, you know, the pendulum will swing back to, um, activities like that i think it'll it'll swing away from people believing they need to sit in an office 60 hours a week to get ahead and have a fulfilling a fulfilled life um uh so um you know i i guess the the other thing is just kind of seeing people come together i mean you know obviously this country is uh, is is pretty torn apart in ways, but in some ways, you know, seeing seeing people come together, um, uh, seeing uh, people sacrifice uh, um, uh, the the you know our organization. Again, I, I can only speak to the the people that work with us day in day out, but the you know the willingness to fight through this battle through um uh to you know get us to the other to the other side of this um or within you know view of the other side i'm i'm just so grateful to to the people that work in our organization and our and our fans because um yeah this has been you know it it it's definitely left a left a a a, a mark on you know, the sounders and the organization and financially, but uh, we're very confident that with the, you know, with the connection we have to our fans and the people that work in the organization, we're going to see our way through this and, and, uh, and we'll be stronger for it. Um, uh, But again, I, I don't know that we know all, you know, how this thing ends completely. I'll be able to again give a, maybe a little bit better answer because it will be more in the rearview mirror. Um, so, yeah. The the funny thing is that I had when I had started putting together questions for the interview we had discussed possibly doing last year. Not to harp on that, but I had a question like this last year, not knowing that we would it would have been even far more premature than like at the time it felt like oh let's we're to get to the rearview mirror, but who knows? But I, yeah. I do think I, I do want to say I, I think that one of the things that I found really reassuring about uh, this time was that I felt like the Sounders had started a lot of the things that they leaned into before the pandemic. Uh, You know, notably one of the last Sounders events I remember attending was that, was that opening at Yesler Terrace and the Rave Foundation. And uh, uh, I guess it was, it was well, it was a little bit before that, but it was one of the last like non game day event kind of things that I, that I attended anyway. And, and, and so I, I want to, I, I want to say that I, that I think the Sounders have done a, a good job of, of kind of uh, le- leading from ahead in some of these ways. And that that wasn't all just public, you know, it wasn't just responding to public pressure. It was, uh, I think a lot of it was founded in genuine principles, at least, uh, you've done a good job of of convincing someone like me that that they were that that way. So I I, I want to say that I, I it's been it's been easier I think to follow the Sounders than it has been to follow a lot of other organizations. And I think you deserve a lot of credit for for setting that uh, for setting that standard and uh, for leading in that way. So I I, well, I wanted to close on that note. Thank you. I mean, look, I'll I'll compliment appreciated we can always do more we can always do better in every area um you know we 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 have lots of warts and flaws and and uh and uh i guess that's what makes life interesting uh but but i appreciate it we look i i guess maybe one of you asked what what my strengths were you know maybe 
one of the other ones is that I, I was born and raised in this in this area, um, you know, born in Seattle, raised in Bellevue, Mercer Island, Seattle, went to the University of Washington. Like, this is my home and I care about it deeply, deeply, deeply. And, and so um, uh, this isn't, it's not really a hobby for me. You know, this is, this is life and the lives of my community. So, um, so I appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, and uh, hopefully we can uh, keep doing more and, and uh, our fans are, are proud to be associated with, with the organization and, and part of the family. Well, uh, with that, I, I wanted to say thank you so much. You've been more than gracious with your time. Uh, you are a returning guest to, to YachtCon. You were one of our first ever guests on YachtCon uh, way back in 2013, I think is when, is that right? 2015, maybe it was 2015. And uh, so I really appreciate you, you doing this. I appreciate that you've been uh, as accessible as you've been uh, and that you've you know done what you... As much to to facilitate an event like YachtCon, I think uh, requires an organization to be a, a willing partner in it, and uh, I, I can't say thank you enough for uh, for for creating an environment where something like this can exist. So uh, thanks for doing this, Adrian, um, and uh, ho- and hopefully thank we're you able to for everything you do. So. No, I, well, no, my my pleasure. It is a lot of fun for me, and uh, hopefully we get to do some more of this stuff in real life. Uh, in the summer. So um, until then, uh, thanks for doing this. And uh, remember, you'll never yacht alone. <laughs>